Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Hey folks, just a programming note. We recorded this before the bowl selections and of course before the Georgia-Alabama SEC championship game. None of that really matters because we focused this episode mostly on Mizzou's basketball program and where it sits and everything we talked about there remains relevant to now. So, Just keep in mind, this was recorded Friday, dropping it Monday, but you get the idea. Enjoy. Gonna throw it. Slam. This bugs for you, Mizzou. This is the Mazodcast. Howdy, Tiger fans, and welcome to the Mazodcast. I'm your host, Brendan Anthony. Joining me, as always, is my longtime brother, Colin Anthony. What's up, dum dums? Well, Colin, there's not really a football game. We're kind of off of the regular old schedule now, but uh, we kind of sometimes will cover basketball, I guess. We've been known to in the past. Well, let's be honest, Brendan. I called you and said, we need to podcast because Colin angry. Colin's smash. And uh, basically, I am angry because of our basketball team. I'm angry because everyone calls us reactionary hacks or clowns or whatever. And I'm just like, no, we're just the guys that are right. <laughs> and, um, and, and, I, and just, we're just the guys that didn't need five years to know a shit product when we saw it. Yeah. I, I, just, I just looked at Twitter last night. And I just saw it's 14 points at halftime. And I just thought, fuck you, everybody, who is, you know, who's basically chalked us up. is like, well, they just know football. They don't care anything about basketball. They don't know shit. I'm like, I know more than you. I know more than you because I knew in year three that this was a fucking disaster. <laughs> two years later, everybody else is hopping on board. Yeah, let's, uh, Colin, why don't I start with the fact that Mizzou played Liberty on the road. Liberty was four and two. Missouri obviously was four and three. As you mentioned, scored 14 first half points on the way to a 66 to 44 point loss. <laughs> And it was one of the ugliest half of basketball I've ever seen. And we lived through the Kim Anderson era. I mean, what it boils down to, Brendan, is I understand that people want to use advanced metrics or, hey, you went to the tournament two out of four years. or There's always a fucking shitload of excuses. But 
the fact is to just open your eyes and watch the product on the court. And that's why in year three, I was like, oh, look at this Conzo guy's going to work out because the basketball product on the court was bad basketball. Now, the first year was a little better, but he had better players. But at the end of the day, it was still bad basketball. And the more I got into this, the more I realized it doesn't matter if you give Conzo five-star recruits because he's not going to get out of them what you want because he's still going to run this offense, if you can call it that. I don't know if it is an offense. It's shit. It's been shit. It's defined by how anemic it is. And I'm just like, so you you take a bunch of five-star athletes that should take you to a Final Four, and Conzo will get you knocked out in the Sweet 16. Because that's what he's bringing to the table. You know, we're a defensive concentrated team that doesn't play very good defense. I mean, I understand that you got a, a team full of tryhards. They're going to try hard, but they're not basketball players, at least not very good ones. He has been nothing but insanely turnover prone, every team he's had. And uh, he doesn't recruit, and they don't run an offense, and they can't score. And they haven't been able to do that for the first three years. So after three years, I was like, well, this is just what Conzo does. The players are interchangeable, but this is what the product is going to be. And that's why I very early on said, this ain't it, folks. And I was told I was reactionary and then, oh, I'm not one of these get rid of Conzo clowns or whatever. Fuck you. Take your clown and twist it in a ball and shut up your fucking ass. Because all you need to do is open your eyes and realize bad basketball is bad basketball. Turn the fucking channel, watch Duke for 15 seconds or Kentucky or any other program that's got their fucking legs under them. And then watch our program, any of the fucking five years he's been here, and then tell me that I'm wrong. Like I said, Colin Angry, because this is just shit. And I knew it was shit, and he's got a shit contract, and it just it's all just a big pile of festering, bubbling, ranted hobo-com. <laughs> anyway, thoughts, Brennan? Hobo-com. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, so we were talking about basketball today. Um, yeah, obviously, and Hobocom. <laughs> I uh, no, I, I agree. I mean, I think you were off the Conzo train faster than me, but I agree. There was never a point under Conzo's tenure where I was like, okay, well, I'm seeing signs of the future. The future always looked bleaker and bleaker. And as you mentioned, the best years under Conzo were maybe you know the first year was sort of an anomaly because it was the whole weird Porter Brothers situation. But then the year, the Tillman years, where we made, last year when we made the tournament again, we had the semblance of a decent basketball team but at the end of the day we were comparing it to these low bars that we've set for ourselves because we've been so bad for so long because really this was a team that made the tournament and then immediately lost badly and turned right right back around and went home and that's what we get that's the that was the high water mark leaving in the first round of the tournament so like the best he can do isn't good and then year five this is year five i think Last year, everybody's like, well, you got to give a guy four years. If you want to be able to cycle through his own players and get you know, the people who are really hanging on said, you got to give a guy four years. I don't think there's anybody who's like, well, five years is just not enough time to know what a coach is worth. And what we've seen so far is Kim Anderson level bad, maybe even worse, maybe even worse. And I didn't think the program could get there. I thought we had to be on the up and up. And I always thought, well, I didn't think Conzo was the world's greatest coach, but I always thought he was better than Kim Anderson. And now, Colin, I don't know if that's true because when you get put up 14 points in the first half against Liberty, I honestly believe if you took somebody, Colin, you know enough about basketball. If you went into the Mizzou Rec Center and grabbed 12 of the best players that you saw just playing pickup basketball out there, I think they could put together 14 points against Liberty. I'm not saying they could beat anybody, but I think they could scratch together 14 fucking points. And that's the level of basketball we're talking about. This is not a D1 team anymore. We're not D1 level. We weren't facing world's best talent. We're getting beat by nobodies. 
Well, and here's how I know that people are looking at that through like apparently a very bullish Conzo lens or a very Mizzou centric lens because what I saw was bad basketball. I should say bad basketballs. Role players, mediocre basketball players, Drew Smith, Mark Smith, last year, those kind of guys. They're fine basketball players as long as they're your fifth guy or the sixth guy coming off the bench. The only legitimate basketball player, Division One, Power Five, starting caliber, good basketball player that he really recruited that wasn't a transfer uh, like Cassius or the Porter brothers was Tillman. And since then, it has been a cycle of guys who are, I mean, right fine. now we're running our offense through Kobe Brown and that picket kid and on all these transfers are just a big wet fart. I mean, these players are not Division One SEC Power 5 college basketball players, and they haven't been. People are like, oh, I'm optimistic about Mizzou and Mizzou this, Mizzou that. Then I turn on the TV. I'm like, well, maybe I better check it out. And then I turn on the TV, and I go, what the fuck is Rocket Nation talking about? I see a bunch of guys that don't play basketball really well with one guy in the middle who's really big and talented and, and way too raw for how long he's been here, which also calls into question Conzo's ability to develop talent. Even at his best, Tillman, to me, was underachieving to a certain extent. Tillman certainly improved. I mean, there was no... I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Doubt that he no, got better. From- sure, but there's no way not to improve when you're playing that much basketball. But to me, he didn't improve enough. You know, he was still the raw, foul too much. I say Tillman's underdevelopment was one of the biggest fucking thorns in my saddle. Like, And maybe people disagree that he didn't develop. But I, I think Tillman should have been a better player by his senior year. And he was a good player by his senior year. But he should have been a better player. We don't have any talent. You know what I mean? We don't have any good ball players. We got decent ball players. I haven't seen a player on our team other than Tillman or Cassius Robinson or like the Porters who would have played for a top 10 power five college basketball team regularly. They would, they would have been bench players or six men or maybe the fifth starter if they were lucky. But, and then you add on top of this, they don't run an offense that's uh, at least that you can ostensibly see, you know, that Wilmore or whatever his name is, that giant fucking kid. Nobody likes him playing. 
Kuzma, I don't like seeing him play either. But the only thing I like about when he's in is that he sets ball screens and high screens and stuff. And it's like, well, oh, look, there's a screen. You can you can say that there's an offense happening right now because somebody did something that looked like what you would do if you were trying to run an offense. <laughs> I mean, the players are awful, are at least very mediocre for Power 5. The offense is terrible. They turn the ball over constantly. They don't really play good defense despite the emphasis they try to pretend they put on it. And they don't recruit. And this isn't, no, this isn't, it didn't happen last night against Liberty. It didn't happen against UMKC. It's been fucking happening. And that's my frustration with all these dickheads who are telling me we're being reactionary. It's like, this is, this is the same product from year two, three, four, and five. And I understand if you want to be patient and see if you can run out the string. But my problem was, is I very quickly realized, no, this is just what Conzo is. And just because you've written some articles and have become, they want to be bullish on them because of that, because it's impossible to admit that you've been wrong about something. It's easy to admit you're wrong about something. I thought Kirby Smart was going to be awful at Georgia, and he's been awesome. Colin was fucking wrong. See, it's easy. I was fucking wrong. Everybody is finally starting to hop on board, but nobody's saying I was wrong, and certainly nobody's saying you were right. Well, I mean, I hate to dance on anybody's grave, but it it is a reality. I mean, I got my fucking tattoos on. <laughs> yeah, there have been a lot of folks who and, and, you know, I understand the impulse. You want to defend the head coach. You want to believe that things can get better. You like I mean, Collins talk about, you know, one of the arguments is I want Conso to succeed. <laughs> but one of the arguments has been he's such a nice guy. He's a good guy. You got to give the guy a chance. He's, oh. he's one of the. He, <laughs> I'm <laughs> just setting you up here. Uh, but, you know, he, his, uh, he's likable. He's liked. People like him. Oh, well, let me tell you, I, one, who gives a fuck? You know what I mean? Like, how is that even remotely relevant to whether or not you hire him as a basketball coach? You know what I mean? Like, who cares if he's nice? Is he winning fucking basketball games? Bobby Knight wasn't exactly a fucking walk in the park for players. He's, oh, what are we talking about? Because he's a nice guy. And plus, I want to know how many of these people tell me what a great guy Fucking Conzo Martin is what a super person he is and how great he is and all this shit. How many people have actually had a dinner with him or spent five minutes in a room with him that wasn't a press conference? You don't know this man. And I'm not saying he's a bad person. I'm not. I'm just saying I don't know that he's a good person. And neither do half the jackasses in the media or on Twitter who are telling you he's a great guy. They don't know this man. They know him for five minutes in an interview. They know him at a press conference. They shake his hand at a fucking Mizzou event. They don't know this person. You don't know anybody until you know them. Well, they know you people know I mean? have told them Bill he's Cosby a good guy. He's a great guy for a long time, too, Brennan. <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, that's probably not an apt comparison. But No, you're right. My point is, is that you don't know who Conzo Martin is. I'm sure he is a swell fellow. But it should have no bearing on whether or not we keep him as a basketball coach when you're scoring 14 points, losing to UMKC, losing his Liberty. It has been a shit fucking show. So who cares if he's fucking Mother Teresa? I don't care if he fucking serves up hot meals at the soup kitchen to the poor. It doesn't fucking make a difference when you're fucking trying to win basketball games. <laughs> it's true. I mean, the, the the good guy argument is fine. You know, I don't wish anything. I don't wish any ill will towards Conzo. I have no ill will. I just want to win. And he's going to land on his feet. He's made millions of dollars here. This is not a situation where I worry about him being in line for the soup kitchen. He'll be fine. But it's just not working out. And whether he is or isn't a good guy, nobody knows. But also, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. And no, it doesn't. The Get question. Patino tomorrow. He is a turd burger of a human being. He is a black-hearted, terrible person who fucks waitresses and bathrooms and gets them abortions. And I want him to be my basketball coach. Because <laughs> I'm not asking about his morality. I'm asking about can he coach basketball. Now, I don't want him to do 
any of those things as a Mizzou's basketball coach. I understand that I don't want him to be a bad person, but what I really want to do is for him to be a good basketball coach. If he's a complete shitbag off the court, as long as he's not breaking the law, I don't care. The question really is whether Conzo will be fired at the end of this season or whether due to financial circumstances within the athletic department, he gets another year, Colin. I mean, it's very much possible. There's a $6 million buyout. Until May. Yeah, and it's a $6 million buyout even after May. So how much is this university willing to eat to get rid of it? You're a Mizzou alum. You got $6 million laying around. You want to get the athletic department so you can buy out Conzo? I do not, turns out. And if I did, I don't know that's the first place I'd spend it. (laughs) Well, I'm going to go ahead and say you're probably smart not making that investment. Hmm. You know, it was somebody pointed out on Twitter today that like when they hired Quinn Schneider, and Quinn, you know, had a couple of years, but he flamed out. They talked to like uh, Bill Self. I mean, there was three top tier, top flight coaches that they passed on to hire Quinn Schneider. There was a lot of good basketball coaches available, and we hired Quinn Schneider. So I don't know if you want to give your six million because I, I don't know if the same people are still doing the hiring. But they hired Conzo Martin, and we see what that's got us. And they, before that, they hired Kim Anderson. It's a new administration. It's a completely new group of people that's in true. charge. That's then- true. I'm. I'm hanging the sins of <laughs> Mike Alden and, other, and Mike Alden on whatever her name is, French name lady. And uh, hopefully, I mean, surely she's looking at this and going, no, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I've heard, you know, people think because they both work in Tennessee at the same time that there's some sort of special bond between the athletic director and Gonzo Martin. But I don't really think so. I think that, I mean. Oh, you don't think Gonzo and his winning personality charmed her? Well, that's the other thing, Colin, we're, we haven't really gotten to, but I think this is one coaching aspect that I don't know of anybody besides you and me that talk about re- in, with any regularity, but I truly think, and I, I think I can speak for you too, that this is as beneficial to a program as any other component, such as recruiting or in-game play calling, but just having a little fucking charisma once in a while, you know, like we get rid of the dour fucking prick that is Barry Odom, and then we hire a guy like Eli Drinkwitz, and automatically there's enthusiasm. I mean, for as good a guy as Conzo Martin may be, I'd never seen the motherfucker smile once. You know, who? <laughs> what if there was a? What if we hired somebody who I don't know can crack up a press room once in a while? You know, because I know they're all trying to do the shitty Nick Saban impression of just acting like they're fucking constantly mad for no reason. But you know who else won a lot of games? Steve Spurrier, and he wasn't a total fucking prick all the time. Well, I think. That's true. You need personality because you know what? These coaches for two thirds of the year are salesmen. You know what I mean? They're recruiting. They're glad handing boosters. They're glad handing administrators. They've got to be gregarious. They got to be fun. They got to smile. They got to be. I don't. I mean, I think that's part of why Conzo obviously cannot recruit. Imagine that ball of energy comes into your living room. Man, it gets you excited to play for him, wouldn't he? Leaves a Starbucks cup in your uh, coffee table. Yeah, you know, know, he's you know he's a bad hire. And he's been a bad hire. The basketball, I, I think my frustration ultimately, Brennan, uh, uh, as I, I try to cool down here, is that this has been bad since the beginning. It has always looked like bad basketball. Uh, and I mean, even in the first year, I was like, I don't understand exactly what we're doing, but we're winning some ball games. And then, you know, by year two, I'm just like, we're, what are we doing? Like, this is ugly. You know what I mean? This is ugly, nasty basketball. You know, even when you win, it's just. This is completely unsatisfying. You know, like I just ate a bunch of empty fucking calories. This is cotton candy. You know what I mean? Like this is not good. It's, I don't know. It, and then you get to year three and it's just the same old thing. And the players aren't talented. And the, the we still run this abysmal offense that isn't really an offense. And we don't really play great defense. And we turn the ball over constantly. And I'm just, I just keep going, what are we doing? It was just, I feel like it has been really, really clear 
since the beginning. If you just watch back the basketball game, I don't have the King Palm stats or the advanced metrics that, you know, people use to prop up their bullish opinions, basically, because that's what it is, because nobody can admit they're wrong. And they, so it's like when Conzo starts laying eggs immediately, almost immediately, uh, in his second season, people just start going, well, here's a bunch of stats that tell you that even though this, what you're seeing with your eyes is a big festering pile of horseshit, it's not actually horseshit. <laughs> and at some point, it's just like, no, I'm pretty sure it's just, you know, you can throw the stats at me you want. It's just horseshit. I know what horseshit looks like, and this is horseshit. And it just keeps being horseshit. I don't know. It, the, the worst thing that happened was we made it that fucking NCAA tournament the second time because it basically tacked on more years to the end of his contract. They should have shit canned him immediately. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's hard to, to say after year three, but I mean, year three was when I was like, all right, it's year three. I was like, this sucks. This guy doesn't know what he's doing. This is not good basketball. The offense he runs sucks. I mean, I feel like this is, I'm watching the Washington Generals, you know, except that these guys occasionally win. But we look like the Washington Generals most nights. I think if there's any Mizzou fans listening to this podcast who still are like, I hear what these guys are saying, but I still like Konzo. Let me just let me ask you this and think honestly to yourself. Be honest with yourself. How many times in the last five years have you left a Mizzou basketball game and felt satisfied that the product, even if you left after a win, how many times have you left that building and thought this was good? This was really entertaining this was fun or how many times have you left the building and thought eh, you know like either it was a devastating loss or it was a win but it was just like Colin was saying like we won but we I mean they kind of let us have it it's never been satisfying it is like eating fruitcake you're getting all of the calories without any of the enjoyment it's bad yeah. it's bad yeah. it's empty calories it's it's not worth eating I, and like I said part, and another reason I've always been upset with this bullish outlook on Conzo, despite the product on the court, is that the bar is incredibly low. Be in the top 68 teams in the country. You're in a state with two major metropolitan areas on each end, and the rest of the state population isn't necessarily small. You know what I mean? You've got a decent recruiting base. You've got decent television markets. You've got a program that's put some money behind you. You're in a the SEC. You've got no excuses for not just being in the top 68, not being... Number one in the SEC, you don't even have to be in the top 25, which is really for any team, it should be your goal. I mean, that's not even that high a bar. And, and Conzo can't leap the very low bar of top 68. And then you see the players he's recruiting, and then you watch the offense he runs, and you go, what is exactly is about Conzo that everybody likes so much? You know what I mean? Like, I don't get it. I mean, he's a nice guy, I guess. I don't feel like you guys even know him. You're saying that, but let's say you're right, and he is a nice guy. Well, how does that help us? The thing that bothers me the most, I think, Colin, I mean, you mentioned the offense always being anemic, and certainly that's true. I've never seen a worse bunch of shooters than I have in the last five years of Mizzou games. But the defense, because we got a very clear promise when Conzo came. It would be gritty, slow-paced basketball, but ferocious defense and low-scoring games. We got the low-scoring games, but we didn't get the defense. That's the thing. It's like for all that we sacrifice, and, and I don't know why you have to sacrifice not being able to shoot a basketball in order to defend on the other end, but apparently you do. But I don't know why we give up everything else. And then the defense is just mm, fine. It was fine defense. Yeah, I, I would describe the defense as fine. I mean, but that was the best you could have. It was, it was fine. If you're one, fine. You're five. It's fine. But you're giving up they, all of your offense. Better, I mean, they, when when Drew Smith and Mark Smith and Tillman were all there last year, there were instances where I saw Mizzou play some what I would consider stifling defense. But it was it was sporadic. 
And it certainly wasn't representative of Conzo's career on the whole. And it really wasn't representative of them as the whole uh, for that season. But I did see them at times play good defense, really good defense. But it was just sporadic spurts of really good defense. Is that what we're going to hang our hat on? I've just read so many articles over the past five years. Just a, just explain away, honestly, what we saw from the beginning. I mean, other than, I mean, even towards the end of the first season where they were they had some good players and played some good games. I mean, I remember towards the end of the season being like, ooh, you know what I mean? This doesn't look great. You know, they're kind of not really finishing on a high note. And uh, then they go to the tournament, get their shit kicked in, and everybody's like, well, he made the tournament. I'm like, yeah. I mean, again, he jumped the incredibly low bar. <laughs> the thing that sealed it for me really was this offseason, Colin, when we knew, I think everybody really knew that Conzo did not pursue the transfer portal in a way that other teams had and that the team that we were going to field, we knew it was going to be new, but what we didn't know until we saw the incoming talent was that we were going to be bad. And there's no reason in year five when the same transfer portal challenges that face Mizzou, every other team in the country faced the same challenges. We all dealt with the transfer portal. We all dealt with COVID. We all dealt with the extra year of eligibility. Some teams handled that, it well. Brennan, Mizzou handled transfer, it poorly. That transfer that filled it up against us from UMKC, he's a transfer. Yep. That, he's better than any transfer Conzo brought in, and he's playing at UMKC. I'm done with the excuse, and I think everybody's done defending him now. But my frustration is, again, everybody's on board now, and it's like, I can't believe, I feel like I've been screaming this into the void. Uh, for the past two years, and everybody's kind of looked at me like I'm a crazy person, but it's incredibly bad. And I just I wanted to do a podcast because I wanted to scream about it because it's it's cathartic, and I think it's cathartic for the listeners. Like you mentioned, the rats have left the ship at this point. All you have to do is scroll through Twitter, and I think you can see. I, I don't know. I don't. I have not seen in the last two days uh, <laughs> well, a Conzo defender. I haven't seen one. So yeah, we I think were, we I think both- it's the end game now. Is where it's just a matter of when, not if. We were both throwing out a lot of tweets last night, but I, I, I enjoyed one of yours in particular where you said the, well, the propping up Conzo Industrial Complex has finally collapsed under its own hubris, something of that nature. And I just thought, that's right. The bunch of guys who can't admit they're wrong and are, think that you know they know something about sports had just decided a long time ago that Conzo was good. And it, just, it took getting your shit packed by UMKC and scoring 14 points at halftime by Liberty to finally go, Okay, maybe Conzo's not the guy. I still don't read any articles that say we were wrong, but I still at least they're at least they're coming to the conclusion that I feel like people should have been coming to a long time ago if they truly knew anything about what good basketball is supposed to look like. I I feel like it's hard for me to imagine defending it even for the past couple of years, especially because you can literally turn on ESPN any night of the week and watch a basketball team that is infinitely superior to Mizzou or anything Mizzou's put on the court for the past five years, infinitely superior. You know, I'm watching group of five games that I'm just like, this team would kick our fucking ass. And I'm just like, you know what? This is ridiculous. I mean, it's, it's time to bite the bullet. And honestly, with what's going on right now, I know that hiring or firing somebody in May is a, a bad situation to be in because you're it's pretty much after the whole coaching carousel has done its round. And I know it's expensive, but do you really, do you really want to do this? for another season because we're just getting this season started and look at it. You want to do this season and the next season and you want to do this? I, I, I don't. I, I don't want to do that at all. They made 14 total field goals in this game. And keep in mind, only three of those were made in the first half. 
three from 19 from the three-point line. The, 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 the Mizzou girls right now would kick their fucking ass. I mean, they probably would. It, it, it's unbelievable to shoot that poorly. I mean, that is a bad high school team's numbers, to shoot three from 19. How do, how do we not get guys that can shoot the basketball? How is that not a priority on a basketball, basketball team? You've played basketball your whole life, and I feel like if you gave me – 10 shots from the three-point line, I might hit five of them. Colin, I don't know the last time I've shot a basketball. Now, 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 now I'm saying, now, that's probably a stupid thing to say, because I'm not saying it was anybody in my face or anything. I just feel like, how can you be this bad at shooting? Well, that's no. what I'm saying. If you gave me 19 basketballs, I think I could sink three of them, and I don't know the last time I've shot a basketball. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. Like, how do you, how does it never go in? It's like a hex. I mean, it honestly feels like a curse at some point. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, really how does. does it, how do we? Do you know what I mean? Like, because for, for five years, it's like, man, our shooting percentage is just atrocious. And it's the crazy thing is, we never seem to have hot games either. It just never seems to ebb or flow. It just seems to always ebb. Yeah. And <laughs> 19 total know, turnovers, Colin, 19. Oh, uh, more turnovers than they had points at halftime. Yeah, it's true. I think but, 15 first half turnovers, insane, insanely bad yeah. basketball. And I'll anyway. tell you what, give out the. The Mazadcast address, so that people can start addressing their apology letters to us. Oh, you want the uh, yeah Mazadcast at gmail.com. We should put that yeah. out once in a while because we'll take your emails. If you're a little ashamed to talk on the phone, you don't want to uh, be heard on the voicemail segment. Yeah, send us an email. We'll read that instead. Yeah, or, and, or uh, if you're a journalist who uh, has been propping up Consular for the last five years and you want to apologize to Colin, uh, yes, Mazadcast at gmail.com. You can craft your apology letter to the Mazadcast to Colin. I think he'll accept the apology either format. I'll be very magnanimous. Yeah. And Brendan, I think mm-hmm. – I don't know if you've had time to actually go through the voicemails, but we have voicemails. Is that right? I can check that now. I can just pull up the uh, FineBot internet device. One, there's one. I don't know if you third burgers are doing a show or not this week, but uh just figure I'd call and say it sucks that we're losing uh Coach Woods. But congrats to him. I understand the career move, uh going down to SMU to be the offensive coordinator. Mizzou basketball's playing right now. Uh just wanna remind all the other Mizzou fans out there that um I guess it's our fault that, that we suck, so hope that helps you guys play tonight. M I D. C-O-U. Yeah, there you go. And I forgot to mer- to reference the fact that, yeah, this is has almost nothing to do with Conzo Martin, <laughs> just so you guys are clear. This is much, 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 much more to do with us as fans than it does with Conzo Martin. And those that is the actual opinion of a person that follows this sports team. <laughs> um, so just so you know, that is, I mean, I, I can't imagine they're not playing a different tune now, but yeah. that was the tune, that was the tune before the season started. Well, I, Colin, I just heard a uh, story the other day about the Washington Redskins, formerly the Redskins, now the Washington football team, and how 20 years ago they were known as one of the most rabid fan bases, like with the Philadelphia Eagles, just sort of like the craziest, yeah. most insane, you know, you can't get tickets. They're nuts for re- you know, for their Redskins yeah. at that time. Now, Washington, because of mismanagement and, you know, Dan Schneider, you Dan, Dan, Dan Snyder like and, uh, you know, getting in trouble with the name. And, of course, all the the stories coming out of his office about sexual harassment and just the years of losing and just a terrible mismanagement of a program. Now nobody goes to those games. Like the whole upper deck, they close off because nobody's going to Washington yeah. football games. And I thought, is it their fans' fault too? You know, was it the fans that made Washington a bad program? Because it was before it was fans that made them a good program. And yet now nobody's going, so they're bad fans. And I just anyway, it it I I just had heard that and compared it to some logic I've heard applied to Mizzou and thought nothing computes. And then I had to we, take a shit. 
we we came at that pretty hard, and we should have because it's the mo- it's the most ridiculous hot take I've ever seen. You know, I mean, it's just ridiculous and on its face. I mean, just I I'd be embarrassed to say it out loud in front of people who know basketball. Like you went on to you went and talk to Jay Billis or somebody like that, and you said, "Hey, let me bounce this off you, uh, coach or fans. Who's more important?" You know, they just they would threw up in their mouths a little bit and so anyway we've beaten that horse to death it's a crazy it's a crazy statement to say mizzou fans are just fine this is not your fault not in any way this is not your fault this is at the very least it's more conzo's fault than yours or including me and brennan we because we are obviously fans right put that to bed (laughs) we can can move on from basketball to football well i'm done screaming at the clouds (laughs) okay well, uh, the other segment of that voicemail column, besides the uh, the basketball portion, was that Casey Woods, the assistant coach, tight end coach for Mizzou, has left to take the offensive coordinator job at SMU. I think a lot of Mizzou fans kind of got their butts puckered a little bit because, obviously, uh, Casey Woods had been very integral in the recruiting process and the recruiting successes that Eli Drinkwitz has had this year has really kept enthusiasm high despite kind of a roller coaster actual football season. Obviously, the signing of Luther Burden and just all the other signings that have made this a top 25 class. Clearly, Casey Woods was a big part of it. And the discussion is then going to be how big of a part is he really going to impact recruiting in a negative way with his absence? Well, I mean, it'll be easy to see if a bunch of guys that are signed up go to SMU or just drop out of their commitments. I mean, I guess, but I can't. I mean, He's one of his top recruiting coordinators, but that means he's coordinating the trips. He's, he's, he's keeping in touch with these kids. But at the end of the day, Drinkwitz is the, the, the straw that stirs the drink. And so I, I think people are probably a little bit overly um, reacting to this a little bit. I've seen some people being really nervous about what this means for recruiting, and I don't think it means a great deal. I mean, I'm sure Drinkwitz wishes he could keep him, but the guy got an offer to be an offensive coordinator. And, and, and that's not an that's not a thing he was going to get at Mizzou. I mean, not, the the keys of the offense are not going to be handed off from Drinkwitz to this guy. And so the guy's got to look at his career. And I think some people were worried drawing connecting dots because Parker Jr. didn't think Drinkwitz uh, in his basically transfer goodbye to Mizzou. And he uh, he's always been a guy who puts out cryptic tweets and kind of a kind of a knucklehead. And and then you Swinson left. He's a tight end, and now the tight ends coach and recruiting coordinator leaves. But I think it's—I I don't think there's any a fire where there that smoke is concerned. I think that Parker Jr. was not happy within this program. I think he thought he needed to be a bigger part of the offense. He was underutilized. He was a crybaby about it, and he wasn't Drinkowitz's recruit. And what people also need to understand is that there are a bunch of recruits coming in that are signed, and there's also a bunch of people they're going to look through in the transfer portal. So. A lot of the players you're going to see moving out were probably encouraged by the coaching staff to do so. You know, not everybody's leaving because they're upset. Some people are leaving just because they want an opportunity to play. And Drinkwitz or whomever, the position coach, whoever probably said, you know, you're going to have a better opportunity to play someplace else because X, Y, and Z is coming in and he is going to be, you know, hard to overtake or what have you. I don't know how those conversations are going to go, but I know that some of these coaches are showing these guys the door as politely as probably they can, but saying, like, listen, there's not a place for you here. So if you want to, uh, you know, and continue your career, you're, you're not going to do it at Mizzou. I think five guys have transferred out at this point. I don't know if we've gotten any who've come in, but clearly we've seen evidence that Drinkwitz and his team of coaches are out there beating the bushes. And uh, they made several offers. Yeah. I've seen uh, there to uh, a linebacker from like UNLV. Uh, oh, there's been several, but anyway, there's, you know, they're, they're, they're all working it. Commitment the offers from, 
uh, Mizzou or on Twitter. You know, you can see these kids putting out like thankful to get a Mizzou offer, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So they're working it. Colin, the other thing I think that's uh, notable this week is, you know, we're going to find out in a few days where Missouri is going to go bowling. And I think probably a lot of Mizzou fans are hoping for the Liberty Bowl just because it's closer. But uh, it's anybody's guess. And when you talk to the uh, blue checkmark folks, they haven't got a clue. This is the most wide open bowl season they've ever seen. And so nobody knows anything. I guess we're going to find out Sunday. You know, anyway, it's a six and six bowl. So don't, don't have to worry about changing your plans on January 1st. No, probably not. But, you know, it's nice to be in a bowl game. There are some matchups you don't want because who wants to play a, a group of five team or something and get beat or wants to play. Like I heard, uh, I was listening to, I think it was the Post Dispatches podcast. And they were talking about there's a possibility that we could be matched up with like Appalachian State. And uh, their contention was that's a bad matchup for Drinkwitz because one, you could lose, uh, which does nothing for, you know, winning, beating Appalachian State doesn't do anything for you. You know what I mean? You're expected to beat them, but if you lose to them, it's an embarrassment. Right. And uh, so, and I think that's, your opponent means a lot. Like I'd love to play somebody like um, Kansas state or, or I think Penn state's in that pool of teams that we could end up with Tulsa. I take any of those. It'd be, I'd like to play Penn state just because they're one of those kind of storied uh, programs. And it'd be nice for Mizzou to kick a mud hole in them, especially given their history of, you know, kid diddling. <laughs> Well, Colin, speaking of the bowl, Tyler Beatty should be eligible for this bowl. And the interesting thing I think about this is that we all celebrated his uh, becoming the number one single season rushing leader in Mizzou's history. But there's a little asterisk on this. Have you heard about the asterisk, Colin? Yeah, they. Uh, I, I, I did. I read about that in the post. So 1998, Devin West got to play in the Insight.com Bowl. And with the yards he attained in the, I think he had 99 yards rushing, which didn't get counted on his single season record. Now the rules have since changed within the NCAA. So Beatty's yards will be counted in the bowl game that he's going to play. And on top of that, he needs another hundred yards rushing before he's going to pass the total Devin Westhead. When you add that 1998 bowl game, because if you're going to count Beatty's bowl game, you ought to be able to count. Devin West. So in a big way, Beatty still has a hill to climb. Well, and I, I something else that I read was uh, that he is, uh, Devin West actually played in one less game as well. So. Well, that's true, but you can't control the number of games you play. That's no, all well and good. But the fact that <laughs> he didn't have that extra regular season game and then you're not even counting his bowl. I mean, if you want this to be the record, I think we need to see 100 yards out of Beatty, and I think he can do it. Yeah, and I, I think Beatty, I mean, I'll be, Beatty obviously wants to play now. He may start talking to agents or his family and make a different decision, you know, based on what's best for him and who can blame him. But if he does play, I don't think you have to worry too much about him getting 100 yards from any of the conceivable opponents that we'll face. But, uh, yeah, it's, I hope he plays. I mean, I just want to see him play football. And, honestly, as a running back, you know, hopefully I think he's going to get drafted and he's going to get a, an opportunity. But running backs are a dime a dozen in the NFL, and I hope Beatty becomes a star. Um, but, you know, with any running back, you can't count on that. I want him to play in the bowl game because I want, to, I want at least one more game where I get to watch Beatty be the feature back, you know, the, the, the star of the show because it's, it's a fun show to watch. I think it's a good note to end on, Colin. Why don't we wrap this one up, and uh, we'll find out on Sunday where Mizzou is going to go bowling. And, uh, of course, we'll cover that as well once once all the plans are set. 
And then, of course, we've got lots and lots of lots of bad Tiger basketball to watch. And don't worry, they're playing number four Kansas soon and Illinois. Yikes. Yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be ugly. It's going to be such a colossal nut kicking. I saw somebody point out, like, yeah, this, this, is, this has to be the year we have to go back to playing Kansas. I'm like, would it have honestly made a difference, you know, if any of those other years? That's kind of been my whole point. Like, we have been a bad basketball team. It's been bad basketball. It's going to be bad basketball. It is bad basketball. At the end of the day, it's bad basketball. And so it wouldn't have mattered what year you're going to play Kansas. It, you were going to lose. You're probably going to lose badly. Um, you know, and either you knew it was bad basketball two years ago or you didn't. But the point is, it's been bad basketball. It is bad basketball. It's going to be bad basketball until you get rid of Conzo Mark. All right. Well, <laughs> we'll probably talk to you soon with the bowl announcement coming and obviously any sort of football transfer news that we hear especially with like the football coaching carousel happening who knows where coaches are going to go to lincoln riley is probably trying to poach luther burden right now as we speak so uh, we're gonna have a lot to talk about with you shortly but until then colin m-i-z-z-o-u